Welcome to a brand new episode of the View Podcast. A significant macro shift is happening right now in retail, and that's the growth of the second-hand resale market. Our guest for today is someone who's carved a niche for herself in the e-commerce market for luxury fashion consignment. We have with us today Lauren Vaughn, the founder and CEO of The Upside, a consignment retailer specializing in sustainable fashion by selling affordable luxury. Welcome, Lauren. It's so good to have you here today. Thank you for having me. So talk to us about your story with The Upside and the whole idea of consignment retail. Um, what was the driving factor behind launching a high-end resale e-commerce site? Yeah, so I actually went to university uh, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and I got my business degree here and I majored in marketing. And throughout that, I worked for um, Canada's largest at the time um, fashion designer, and his name is Paul Hardy. And so I interned for him and how I got paid was I got to travel to New York and Paris and London and Toronto to all the fashion weeks. So that was my first intro into the fashion industry. Um, and from there, I fell in love with Paris. So I definitely had uh, rose-colored glasses on. And once I graduated university, I bought a one-way ticket. I took all of my money that I had saved from serving throughout university, and I moved to Paris. So it was really there, uh, living on a budget uh, and having a finite amount of, of capital. I didn't. Uh, my French was never good enough to get a job. So um, it was it was the true test of how to look fab and still really appreciate fashion, but on a budget. And I noticed that they just had really great um, secondhand stores and retailers and and some vintage. And it was I just found that their mindset was different than perhaps in North America. So after the money ran out and I couldn't get a job, I moved back. Right. <laughs> and it, it was there that I started looking around and in the Canadian marketplace at the time and, you know, still minus, you know, the upside and a few other, um, you know, smaller businesses, there was just not a lot of options. And my aunt was actually working for a, a traditional consignment store. And so I would go and, you know, she'd pull all these great pieces and I would find so many things. And I just thought, you know, there has to be a way that we can elevate the customer journey in resale and not have it um, be, you know, the thrifting or consignment that, that, you know, we traditionally saw. Wow. That sounds like a pretty incredible journey to me. Um, I can only imagine what it was like to translate this from an idea to an actual business. Um, in fact, you made some great points about resale. It doesn't always have to be a thrifted or an expensive item, right? Um, there's definitely a change that's happening now because of the pandemic not everyone wants to spend the kind of money they did pre-pandemic, but they also don't want to compromise on fashion or uh, a good quality item. So is um, the upside filling that interesting gap, you know, something that we can almost call luxury resale? Yeah, I think you really, you know, you made a great point. We've seen this um, and it's been a few shifts that have been slowly happening. And then I think with the pandemic, it just expedited all of these right. things where, you know, you're taking into, we've had this, over consumerism and fast fashion, um, you know, for the past 10 years, and we've just seen the downfalls of that um, from an environmental, you know, from a humanitarian perspective. And so it and then you take the idea that, you know, less is more. So then we have, you know, the Marie Kondo's coming. And then we had the pandemic where you couldn't anymore go into these stores and buy. So really switched to e-commerce. And then I think we really saw what came out of this is just the value proposition, right? Is what are you, what are you standing for as a company? As you know, what are you, are you, what good are you doing um, globally for the environment? 
Um, so, so I think, yeah, with everything you said, you have all of these kind of macro shifts that were happening and then you threw a pandemic on it. And I do believe that resale, uh, when we look at the future of fashion, it, it, it's not sustainable. We can't keep going the way we are. And I believe one of the solutions is looking at a circular economy. I agree. There's definitely um, a mindset shift fashion needs to make as an industry. And as a company, I feel like you're already on your way there. So can you take us through what that process is like at the upside? Um, how do you onboard an item? Do you work with consumers to pick up items? Um, what does luxury thrifting really look like? So up until um, the pandemic, it had been, I'd say about 95% personal consumers um, based in Canada where they didn't have an option. So there's quite, the U.S. is a very busy, busy marketplace for this. But as a Canadian consumer, you could not sell with them um, due to cross-border restrictions. So, and as a buyer, it was never advantageous because the Canadian dollar is very low to the U.S. You have duties and shipping on top of it. So it just never really made sense as a Canadian consumer. So um, what we did at the upside is we took a managed marketplace um, solution. So different from peer-to-peer, -peer, such as uh, Poshmark, where we, because we were dealing with, you know, higher-end brands and, and, you know, and a designer, we wanted to make sure that um, as a brand, we were offering the consumer uh, something that had been vetted and authenticated and we knew the quality. And so there it was building that consumer trust that was so important to us, um, which in a peer to peer marketplace is a lot harder to handle like an eBay or a Poshmark. Um, so we have one warehouse um, based in Calgary and um, we are looking at, at a more East coast warehouse and something like the GTA um, in the future where uh, we actually hold everything in, in that space. And now what we've really seen a shift since, you know, I'd say post pandemic, but we're still in the pandemic, post COVID and the, and the shopping habits of um, have shifted is we're actually starting to work with brands now because they have um, an overstock, you know, that they've never seen before because of COVID. So we've really been um, focusing on onboarding some, you know, really great Canadian brands um, to, to help them move through some of their overstock. Wow. The process sounds pretty elaborate. Um, there's so many factors in there that have to be done well. But now that we got some background on how things work at the back end, we'd really love to understand a little bit more about your shoppers. Um, you know, what are they currently buying a ton of? Is it clothes? Is it bags? What are the most popular categories right now? We've definitely seen, well, the quarantine closet clean out is a real thing. Right. <laughs> so we've seen a massive, massive influx of incoming items. Um, and then from the buying habits, you know, a lot less business casual, um, you know, people are buying more casual or more kind of just, you know, transitional pieces that, that they could wear, um, you know, during the day. But if they did have, you know, some kind of a, a small business meeting or a zoom call that, that it would transition into that. So we've definitely seen a move away from the business attire. Um, but people are still, yeah, investing in bags and, and shoes. And I think those, those little luxuries, right. That you still feel really good in. We're seeing that people are coming back to, to buying them. That's pretty cool. I wouldn't mind a bag myself. But uh, yeah, that's pretty incredible to see that these are the consumer trends that are coming out of the pandemic. Um, you know, for me, what's interesting is all these big shifts that we're seeing in retail. Um, there's been some high profile bankruptcies. Uh, there's been furloughs and really difficult times for people in retail. But with uh, resale, the narrative has been a little different uh, we just recently read the thread up reports and just in terms of the category itself, resale seems to be going strong. In fact, companies like thread up, uh, Depop and thrift plus are doing so well. So the sentiment has been pretty positive. What are your thoughts on, um, you know, where the resale story is headed? 
Yeah. And you said, you know, when, when we're reading the reports and, and, you know, and thread up saying that, you know, they're expecting this to be a $24 billion industry by 2022 and the effects of COVID are just going to expedite it. And then it's going to double again, you know, by 2028, um, you know, the facts are out there that, that it's growing at a rapid pace. And I, I do believe, like you said, there was that initial fear of, of other people's items. Um, and for the most part, I believe these have been, you know, more or less debunked and, and that, that, you know, they're, they're safe, you know, for the most part, as long as it's not transitioning immediately from one person to another. And so I think it, you know, in, you know, really understanding the best business practices of what that looks like when items are warehoused, when they're unpacked, people wearing gloves and, and just taking precautions. You know, I think, I think these items, we, everyone can agree at this point that they're safe, like you said, because they are still growing. And then it's really coming back to your, the value that you're, you're getting out of these items um, from both a value standpoint and a sustainability standpoint. Um, we know that if you buy one item secondhand, it can reduce the carbon footprint by up to 80%. So for me, I see resale continuing to become a part of people's everyday life because it's such an easy way to make a difference. You know, I think pre-pandemic, no one would expect that you maybe wouldn't take a flight to your family vacation you've been looking forward to because of carbon emissions. But if you can make small changes in, in our everyday life, I don't really see anyone that, that would be against that. So, so for me, it's a really tangible way that we can start to make, to make a difference and still feel great while doing it. Um, and so how I see this industry progressing is it just becoming more and more mainstream. And we've seen some retailers um, get involved already. I think we're going to continue to see retailers get involved. You know, um, from their standpoint, I think there was a fear that, that it was cannibalizing their industry. But um, really, I, th I do believe that, that the way forward is that retailers and resellers work together um, and, it, and it kind of becomes one, right? There's not as much of a, a distinction in, uh, between the two. So, I, yeah, I think that the future of retail, it's really been taken out at the knees. And it just, I think the pandemic just brought everything to light that was broken before, um, really quickly. So, so I do see there, you know, being a synergy between the two moving forward for, for right. the survival and betterment of everyone and the consumer and the environment. Yeah. You almost want to say that resale is on its way or should be on its way to being the new normal. A hundred percent. Yeah. I totally agree. Like it should be the new normal. There's there, you know, there's no reason why um, we always say, you know, it's all upside no pun intended, but pun intended. It's kind of our ongoing joke in the office. So no, yeah, it's, great. It. yeah, it's a great name. I think there's so many different wordplays that you can do with that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, I know we keep going back to the pandemic, but we're also still in the middle of it. So it's kind of hard to ignore. But retail has had to change the way they do things overnight. Uh, and they've had to adapt and in some way really get ahead. And the general theme globally seems to be that digital majority really isn't an option and there's such a big role for technology to play uh, in redefining this new normal and new kinds of customer experiences. So are you looking at ways to make the upside's customer experience far more efficient um, and memorable? That's a great question and where the answer is yes and where we really see there's opportunities is doing our best to remove any friction from, from the sell side. So if we can incorporate, you know, digital micros that already exist and say image recognition, data analysis, using AI and things like that to, to be able to offer the seller the opportunity to, um, to just remove any friction from, from being able to know what, what that item would go for, what they could earn from that item, how to seamlessly get it to us. Um, so really just, 
you know, making making that whole journey from beginning to end uh, uh, really seamless and enjoyable for the seller, as well as full transparency. You know, this is an industry that for the longest time, um, I believe that, you know, consignment stores could kind of do what they want and say what they want. And, and, and there wasn't that same understanding that these are actually latent assets that that people are no longer using, but there's value with them, and, you know, and you cannot um, not provide that transparency to the consumer. So, so all of those things I see as, as there's so much opportunity to explore. And, and, you know, as the industry gets bigger, I think, you know, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think it's a little bit about bringing some sort of accountability and structure and, uh, and transparency to the whole process, as opposed to what it's like right now with consignment stores, right? Where, you don't really have a sense of um, of the inventory or what's available to customers. And there's another part to this, which is the physical store itself, right? And that's its own experience. Um, I know for a fact that people are always really excited to go to a thrift store and, you know, kind of go through the whole touch and feel aspect of items. But how do you think that whole physical store angle is going to evolve? Yeah, so we took a different approach. Uh, we created a very new concept, the first of its kind in Canada. And you, and you could say, you know, I think the Real Real has done has done this quite well in the in the U.S. I've been to a, a few other stores um, where we really wanted to create an on brand uh, experience. So we actually were under construction during COVID, and we are open, um, you know, with limited retail hours and all of the precautions surrounding it um, to have a a smaller um, portion be a boutique and we have a consignment bar and it's this really great representation of, of what the retail brand is. So I am not sure if, if it's going to be business as normal for these really big box stores that, that their whole, um, you know, the whole reason that, that they were able to be successful is it was just moving as much product as possible and having as many people through the doors. You know, I think it'll be a long time before we see, see you know being able to get that many people that would make that feasible in you know in that system so but for us you know we do believe that there is a you know a medium between e-commerce and retail and what there's value to both and how do you bring them together um to really make it a, a great customer experience so so we are trying to elevate that that journey from a, a resale standpoint uh to have a, a retail and e-commerce mix right you just said something kind of interesting there about customer experience, Lauren. Um, you know, things are already looking different. This expectations are changing. Um, how and where people shop is changing. What they prioritize year on year is changing. Um, and there's also a lot more information about how things are made uh, and, and a lot of resources on how to shop more sustainably and be smart. But if you had to sum it up, what does a good customer experience look like in the future now that, you know, we're all kind of moving into that post-COVID phase? Yeah, no, you brought up so many good points there that that there's so much information out there now about um, from the supply chain to brands to to what they stand for, um, to who, who, you know, incorporates their company and what that looks like. So I believe that the consumers now are becoming just more aware and making those decisions based around who they want to support and who they don't because um, everyone has power. You know, everyone is an investor in a company and where you're spending your disposable income, you're investing in that company, you're investing in the team, you're investing in um, the people who run the company, you're investing in, you know, you're with the shareholders. So, so consumers have such a responsibility to make sure that where they're spending their money is who they want to be empowering. 
So if that's, you know, people of color, if that's women, it, you know, you really just have to be so aware of, of, I think, where you are putting your power, which is your money. And um, yeah, I kind of <laughs> totally got off topic there, but I, I just agree with you. I think the consumer empowerment is huge and people are hopefully now realizing what kind of power they have to shift and support the people in the companies that they want to support. Right. And, you know, like you said, I think that it's always important is to have the customer feels when they're shopping on your site. So experience is definitely tied very closely to that. But uh, it's also interesting to know that you have um, some sort of a personalization technology with Closet. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so we launched uh, in March a virtual closet edit where we were now um, being able to virtually go into people's closets and talk to them. And, and it was a really neat experience. We had a lot of success with it. And to be honest, we found a lot of people just wanted connections. So uh, it was more than a closet edit. I think people just wanted to, to talk and, and have that connection if even virtually. So, so that we've continued with that. Um, you know, we've seen more and more people and more places are opening up now and people are getting out. Um, and we uh, still have our personal in-home pickups in Toronto and Calgary right now. So, so that has not been as busy, but just creating that step. Um, and, and again, it's about the removing friction for consumers. If people have questions about, about what's, um, what would sell, what we would, you know, what they would get for it, what, you know, just understanding consignment. There are still so many people out there who the first thing they say is I've never consigned before. So it's just creating that education around it and, and talking and getting to know customers um, that I think people really appreciate it. And it's that it's going that extra step and, and uh, customer service, like you said, people's expectations are going to change um, and how it looks is going to change. And so really leaning into that and just and getting to know your customers, I think is going to be so important for brands. That's actually pretty great because virtual closets are something I feel like I've seen done well by very few companies. But what kind of insights can the virtual closet give you as a brand? Uh, do you use that to advise your shoppers on what to buy or, um, you know, what they need more of? Yeah, so far we've only um, explored this in the seller side. So helping them understand what to sell, what still has value, what to give to your girlfriends, what to donate, um, and really and really grasping, you know, the consignment process and, and what that looks like. So, but there is so much there on the buy side that, you know, we are hoping to explore as well, but it's, you know, it's, it's, in the, it's on the list. So, but I agree with you. I think on both sides, there's a ton there that, that is to be explored and to discover. You know, I think it's just that lack of understanding of the industry and then just people, you know, learning about it and wanting to learn more. So, so from the seller side, you know, I would say more than anything, I, I'm still, you know, shocked and excited by how many people say, I've never consigned. How does this work? Tell me about it. So that educational piece for consumers, um, when we talked about these shifts and these macro shifts in retail and um, it, it's happening and it's happening quicker and um, we're just doing our best to educate and empower as many women as possible to understand what's sitting in their closet. And that's, you know, there's value there. And, you know, we know that on average, a woman has not worn like 77% of their closet very much in the past 12 months. So, so, you know, it's getting rid of anything that doesn't suit your lifestyle anymore. It doesn't feel great. Um, it was from a different era and just, you know, taking that and, and being empowered to use that capital on, on whatever you want, buying something different, you know, reinvesting it in other, in other areas in your life. So, so we're really passionate about that education piece. 
Absolutely. I'm in complete agreement with you. There is so much that you can do with data. I'm, I'm really excited to see how this concept evolves. Um, so we're almost at the end of our podcast, Lauren. But before you go, can you tell us why you feel like resale is a smarter investment at this point for shoppers across the globe? They make for a smarter investment because um, when we look at depreciation of any of any asset, it's uh, it makes more sense to to spend less, you know, on something that has value and will hold its value. So so once you've worn it a few times or when it no longer suits you, um, you're going to get a lot of that value back and be able to be able to reinvest it. So um, it's like the driving the new car off a lot, <laughs> you know, you're just never going to see that value back. So, you know, investing in pieces that will, will retain the value and, and that uh, you can then reinvest in other pieces, I think is, is why people should shop resale. That's great, Lauren. Um, thank you so much for being on our podcast. I feel like we learned a lot about the upside and really, uh, you know, why resale is stronger than ever. Yes, me too. And thank you. You know, it was such a pleasure to talk to you and I had so much fun. <laughs> for those of you who want to know more about how retailers are coping during the pandemic and prepping for a post-COVID world, head over to The View Podcast. Until then, see you soon.